Thanks for tuning into Velocity Church Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how God has used Velocity to make a difference in your life, send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Good morning, Velocity Church. How are you guys doing this morning? Glad to be in God's house. Well, I'm glad you're here. We're going to have some fun today. I want to welcome all of you joining us for the first time. If it is your first time, thank you so much for being here. I recognize there's a lot of places you could be, a lot of things you could be doing, but you decided to be here. I believe that God is going to speak to you, that your life is going to be changed because you made the decision to come to church today. And if it is your first time, we're in week two of a two-part series called Crush. What we're doing in this series is looking to God's word to learn how we can win in the matters of our heart. We're talking about relationships, and Josh mentioned it a little bit, but last week I introduced this topic to you, and really the point of the sermon is to help you see that we were not created to live life alone. God created us for each other. That's why he's placed us in families That's why the church is called the body. We need each other. I need you. You need me. We're better together. And the main point that I wanted you to see is that with everything that you have going on, you can't win at your relationships if you don't start with the right relationships. And the right relationships are found in the local church. It's found in this body. There's a lot of relationships you can have, but This relationship, a relationship with other believers, people in the family of God, it's the only relationship that's going to last for eternity. And it's so crucial to get the right voices in your life. Because if you don't get the right voices, you won't make the right choices. If you don't get the right connections, you won't end up in the right destinations. you got to have the right people in your life. The right people are how God blesses us. You know, at our church, we believe that God is our provider, that he's our source. But in my eight years of ministry, I've never seen a check that says Jehovah Jireh. Doesn't happen. That's Jehovah Jireh is the Lord is my provider. I know we don't have a lot of church people here. It's a great church joke. It would have killed in Bible school. All right. But God uses people. He uses people to meet our needs. He uses people to bless us. And it's not just what God wants to do for you. What God wants to do in you, he uses relationships. All the good things in life are going to flow out of relationship. The right people can unlock the potential that's inside of you. The wrong people, well, it'll always stay hidden. So you got to get the right people, and the Bible helps us discern who those people are and how we can have those people in our life. That's what I love about the Bible. Because, you know, Scripture is really not just about getting us to heaven. Salvation is awesome. I love, that's the really, really good part that we get to go to heaven. But the words of Jesus aren't just so we can go to heaven. The words of Jesus impact and affect our life here right now. See, if, if you know Jesus, you ought to be a better friend. If you know Jesus, you ought to be a better parent. You ought to be a better child. We ought to be better spouses. We should be better employees. We should be better bosses, better coaches, better students, better teammates. Our relationship with Jesus should impact the way we relate to others. And I talked a lot about that last week. I don't need to re-preach that whole sermon to you. 
even though I could, right? I could. We're not gonna go into, I got something new for you today. And I wanna do a little bit of a shift. If you have your Bibles, you can find your way to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. That's what we're gonna look at today. Now, if you grew up in church, you know a little bit of the Bible, maybe you've been to a wedding once in your life, this is considered the love chapter. Figured since it's love week, we got Valentine's Day on, I don't know, is it Friday, Thursday, it's Friday? Yeah, I'm, I'm on it, you can tell. We got Valentine's Day this week. Pro tip for all the guys, come on, you know, helping you out, hooking you up. That's just one of the benefits of coming to church. A lot of wisdom for your life. You don't want to miss that. You better do something about it right now. But uh, what was I saying? Love week, love chapter. We're going to look at the love chapter for love week. Uh, you know, there's only two, two chapters two subjects in the Bible that God dedicates entire chapters to. Faith, faith is one of them. Hebrews 11 is a chapter all about faith. And 1 Corinthians 13, it is all about love. But really, I don't want to talk to you as much about love as I want to talk to you about loss. I don't want to talk to you so much about your crush as much as I want to talk to you about what happens when you are crushed. And I think God is going to help you uh, with this today. It's not that I mind talking about romantic relationships. We can do that. In fact, little bonus, if you're between the ages of 18 and 30, I've got something just for you tonight at the Cider Gallery. We got Swipe Right. It is not to help you get a date. I'm telling like, that is not why you should come. I, I could do that. Um, if you're looking for a date, DM me. I'll see if I can work it into the message somehow. God wants to meet the needs in your life, but and it's not to get a date, but what you will get is some wisdom for your romance. And my wife is going to be with me. We'll be answering all sorts of questions. And you got to, like, when my wife is, uh, has a mic in her hand, you got to know she has no filter. There is no, you don't know what is going to be said. You might want to come just to hear that and uh, find all sorts of stuff um, about us, but really what God can do for you. So it's going to be some, some giveaways, I think. That show up for that, if for nothing else. You don't have to sign up to show up, but you do need to sign up to win the giveaways, so I would do that. And um, just all sorts of things we want to add to your life. But you know what I found is that a lot of us, we don't have a problem falling in love. We need help when our love falls apart. And that's what I want to do today. I want to help you understand what to do when your heart is hurting, so for anybody out there who's had their heart broken, I want you to listen to the words of Scripture as we get into our message. Starting in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith, that can move mountains, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor, I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Essentially what he's saying is, look, it doesn't matter what I've got. It doesn't matter what I've got going for me. It doesn't matter what I've achieved. It doesn't matter the success I have. It doesn't matter what I've accomplished. It doesn't matter what I possess. It doesn't matter what I can do. If I don't get this right, if I don't get my relationships right, if I don't get the matters of my heart right, if I don't get how I respond right, everything else, meaningless. Everything else doesn't matter. 
This is what matters. And then he explains how you should respond. He says, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, I've shared this scripture probably over a thousand times with couples, people who are hurting, people who've been betrayed, people who are going through a hardship, marriages that are about to fall apart, marriages that haven't even started yet. I shared this scripture, but I don't know that I've ever used it to start off a sermon. And I think maybe the reason I haven't is because it's so common, it's familiar to a lot of us. I like to sometimes teach you the parts of the Bible that you haven't heard before. But I just felt as I began this message that there was somebody here who needed to be reminded of this, that needed to be reminded what love does, how love acts. Maybe you had something happen to you this week where you're feeling heartbroken. Maybe you've been wounded by the words of somebody, by a circumstance. Can I tell you, people may have let you down, but God will not let you down. Somebody may have failed you, but God will never fail you. Scripture says love never fails, and God is love. He has not failed you, and he will not fail you. And I believe God wants to use this message today to give you some encouragement, to give you some hope, and to help you where you're hurting. I'm calling this message today, if you're taking notes, Handling Heartbreak. Handling Heartbreak. And it's always my custom that we would go to God in prayer before we preach his word. So we'd prepare our hearts to hear what he has to say. I would just ask, before we get into this message, would you bow your head with me? And let's open ourselves up to listen to Jesus. God, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you that every time we open up our heart to you, to your word, to what you want to say, you'll speak. God, I ask that you would use me today. I don't want to speak of my own ability. I want you to speak through me. You know what people are facing. You know what they're going through, what they need. Only you can take one message and speak to so many different people. So God, as we listen to your word, bring healing, I ask in Jesus' name. And everybody who agrees with that can say amen. Hey, I'm curious, uh, how many of you have ever been on a blind date? Anybody ever been on a blind date before? A couple of you. Anybody open to going on a blind date? Maybe hook some of you up, a couple. Just look around right now. Does anybody see me after service? Uh, I've never been on a blind date. I, I have been on a bad date before, uh, not with my wife, definitely. All of those dates were good. That's why things worked out. But you ever notice how um, nobody minds ending a bad date? When, end of a bad date, you're like, I'm glad that's over with. I couldn't get out of it soon. Some of you are like just laughing, chuckling, remember the bad dates you've been on. Um, it's not the way with, with good dates or good relationships. Why is it? You know, it's because it, heartbreak happens when we've invested time, when we've had a lot of good experience, when we've worked hard at something. When that's over, that's when we're heartbroken. Just this week, my son Oliver, he's nine years old, really into Legos. He's into Legos and expensive cars. And since I'm never gonna buy him an expensive car, 
uh, helped him with his own money to buy an uh, expensive Lego car. And um, he's, he's into building it. He was having fun. He's working hard on it. He brought it up to me to show how far he had come. He was like almost done, probably 90% done this week. And as he was bringing it up to me, he dropped it on the floor, wooden floor. Yeah, scratched everything. I was really, no, that's not what I was talking about. Um, his, as you can imagine, it broke into a million different pieces. It was heartbroken. He was crying. He was upset. And why was that? I mean, the, the Lego piece, it's fixable. It's not that it was gone forever. The problem was what he recognized is now he has to start over. All of the work he put into it, everything he had invested into it, all of that was gone. The, the pieces aren't gone. The possibility's not gone. But the time that he spent and invested is gone. That's what heartbreak does to us. It's the experience of loss from everything we put into it. Marissa and I, uh, we dated three years before we got married. Never once uh, did we break up during our dating relationship. Sometimes relationships, you know, they're on again, off again. We never had that problem. We did come close one time. This is a true story. One time. We were already engaged. Not that, we were just like months from the wedding. And I kid you not, I'm not exaggerating this. This is a true story. She took off her engagement ring and threw it at me across the room by which we were arguing. You can ask her about it. It's a great story. She'll tell you I'm lying, but I promise you I'm looking into the camera right now. I am not lying. This is the truth. People remember things differently when they want to block out pain. But happens, you know, heartbreak. And I could like spend our whole time just talking about funny stuff that's happened in our relationship, but the truth is, heartbreak is not a laughing matter. It's, it's not. All of us, at some point, are going to be heartbroken. You are going to get hurt. Isn't that encouraging? It's what I do for a living. I just encourage people. <laughs> Welcome to Velocity. If it's your first time here, you are going to be rejected. You are going to be hurt. People are going to talk about you. They're going to criticize you. They're going to be betrayed. If I took time right now, we could pass the mic around the room. I'm not going to, but we could. And everybody here would probably have a story of heartbreak. You'd have a story of the person who betrayed you, the person who wounded you. Maybe you have a spouse that cheated on you. Maybe you've been through a divorce. Maybe you had somebody, you, all, all sorts of things happen. What I want you to know, as bad as all that stuff is, heartbreak is much broader than that. It is, when we look at scripture, it talks about the heart. It's talking about our entire inner being. It's talking about our minds. It's talking about our soul. It's talking about our spirit. So when we're talking about being heartbroken, we're not just talking about somebody who's had an end of a relationship. Not just talking about somebody who's suffered loss in a relationship. We're talking about anyone who is hurting on the inside. Anybody who's got wounds that they're carrying on the inside. Can I tell you, you can be in a relationship right now and still be suffering from heartbreak. You can be single and secure and still be hurt by heartbreak. 
I'm not just talking about the loss of a relationship. I'm talking about the wounds and the pains that you're carrying on the inside. What do you do with that? That's what I want to speak to. I want to do my best to talk about that place and that pain and the time that we have remaining. And the first thing I want to tell you is that God can heal your broken heart, but you need to give him all the pieces. God can heal your broken heart, but you have to give him all of the pieces. It's like my son Oliver, when that Lego car broke, and there's a lot of pieces, this is a big thing. I didn't just say, oh, well, that sucks. That's too bad. It's done. No, I didn't do that. What I said is, man, it's all right. Don't cry about it. We can fix this. We just have to get all of the pieces. We can put this back together. Let's just make sure we get all of the pieces. And God can heal your broken heart, but he can only do it if you give him all of the pieces. And the problem is a lot of us don't give him all of the pieces. The problem is a lot of us only give him the pieces that are convenient for us. We only give him the pieces that are comfortable for us. There's a scripture that says, it's Proverbs 3, verse 5, really well known. says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. All of your heart. The implication is most of us don't. Most of us give God the pieces of our heart that are convenient. So, God, I'll give you the Sunday piece of my heart. I'll give you the little hour. That's good. You know what? I'll give you even part of my heart during the week. I'll say some prayers. I'll do that. You know what, God, I might even drop something in the offering every once in a while. I'll give you that piece. But don't make me move out of my comfort zone. Don't make me submit parts of my heart to you that are uncomfortable for me. Don't make me open up. Don't make me be vulnerable. I don't want to give you all of my heart, God. I'll just give you the pieces that are convenient. But you will never get completely healed until you are completely surrendered. You, you have to give God all of your heart. And what you need to know is that we serve a God who heals broken hearts. So interesting to me when you look at the life and ministry of Jesus, the very, very first thing he says when he announces his ministry, he deals with this very subject. How many of you know when you make your announcement why you're on the scene, what you set out to do. You open up shop, you're open for business. You declare your mission. You are declaring your reason for being. You are declaring your purpose. In Luke chapter four, verse 18, Jesus said this. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken hearted. To proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to deliver those who are crushed. This scripture is defining and describing the ministry of Jesus. But it wasn't just his ministry while he walked the earth. This is talking about what God does today. This is talking about what Jesus wants to do today. I want you to know we serve a God who heals broken hearts. 
He's in the business of mending broken hearts. Scripture says it a little bit differently in Psalms. It says, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. In other words, all of the pieces and all of the places where you've been fractured, where you've been broken, where you've been wounded, where you've been criticized, where you felt like something's missing, all of those places, God takes them and he binds them up to make them whole. I was trying to think of a way to illustrate this because for me, lots of times I do better with pictures than words. Um, Josh, will you bring that up to me? You know, it's hard to imagine how to picture this because we can't see our heart. We can't see the inner part of us, but thank you. But when it says that he binds them up, makes them whole, I was thinking of this, this, this brace, this cast. I've never, um, believe it or not, I've never broken a bone in my life, which is crazy. I've had lots of opportunities. <laughs> Just the protection of the Lord on my life. When you serve God, blessings follow. So I've <laughs> never broken a bone. Uh, I've known a lot of people, but I was trying to think how to picture this. You think about this cast, what this does. It provides support. It provides stability, provides strength. It's what God does. Takes all those broken pieces, binds them up. It protects and it prevents greater and further injury. When you give God the broken pieces of your heart and he binds them up, it's like this. You've got new strength, new stability, new support, protection. The problem is a lot of us don't want to go through the effort to put this on. Except I've never broken my arm or anything like that, but I've known a lot of people who have. Sometimes that's the most painful process, isn't wearing the cast, it's getting set for the cast, because they might have to break your arm again just so it can heal correctly. It's painful. And so rather than go through that painful process, we'll just live hurt, we'll just live wounded. But just because you don't acknowledge that something's broken doesn't mean that it isn't. When I was in high school, one of my jobs was I did construction work. Worked on these job sites and, you know, all the, all the stuff. It's amazing because I'm like one of the least handy people you know, so I feel bad for any houses that I help build. But I, I did all this construction work. I worked with this one guy. He smashed his pinky finger, got it pinched, and... Uh, something smashed it. I don't even remember how. And this guy was like a tough guy, manly man. By the time, you know, like a few moments had set in, it was all black and blue and like the size of his big toe. It was gross. And because uh, this guy, you know, was like, didn't want to let on that he was feeling pain, never went to the doctor about it. Eventually, it healed. Eventually, it got better. But it always kind of looked like this. It was healed, but it wasn't whole. And I think a lot of us let our hearts do that. With time, they heal, but they're not whole. It might be healed, but it's not right. And if you don't get healing for the places that you've been cut, for the places where you've been hurt, you will bleed all over people who've never cut you. If you don't get healing for the places where you've been wounded, you'll carry that you can be healed, but not be right. You can be healed, but not be whole. God wants to make you whole. 
And the problem is, I was thinking about this, how this provides healing, this makes it better, but there's two kinds of bindings. There's two kinds, because Scripture talks about, hey, you gotta watch out for the culture of the world, because the culture of the world wants to put pressure on you, wants to stuff you into its mold. And I was thinking, just how this is meant to bring help and healing. There was at one time in culture, in ancient culture, where they would bind the feet of women. And when they would bind the feet of women, that didn't make them better. It didn't provide healing. It would actually break the bones. It would cut off the circulation. It would keep them from growing. It would stagnate their ability to grow. And it made me think about how in our life, if we don't let God bind our hearts, bind our wounds, then what we'll do is we'll let the world, we'll let culture, and we'll go from one broken relationship to the next, trying to make connections to keep our heart together. Scripture speaks about this and says, why are you joining yourself to people who can't help you? Can I tell you, you don't need a rebound relationship if your heart is broken. What you need is for your heart to be rebound by God. You need God to put it together and bind it together and bring healing. You know, even the cast itself provides some restriction. It's not convenient. You can't do everything you want to do, but the the cast, what it does, you know, in the same way when God is healing our heart, maybe we should restrict ourselves a little bit. Maybe we shouldn't just go out and play the field, just run right into the next relationship. What I love about the cast, though, is just because you're injured doesn't mean you're immobile. You can still move forward. And this is what I want to tell you. It's the next thing you got to know, that if you are hurting, that even the worst done to you can bring the best out of you. I know it's not not easy. I know it hurts. I know it's painful. But the worst done to you can bring the best out of you. I like what my pastor says, Pastor Kevin Gerald, you hear a message from him next week. He says, don't confuse a chapter in your life with the story of your life. A lot of times we get caught in a bad chapter and we think that this chapter is the story of our life but the chapter is not the story it's just a chapter in fact the greatest stories have some bad chapters just because you've been hurt doesn't mean you have to live hurt just because you've been rejected doesn't mean you can't live accepted pain is part of life it's inevitable but when you place your pain In God's capable hands, what you discover is that even your pain can serve a purpose. Sometimes the stuff God takes you through is not for you. Sometimes it's for someone else. We don't realize this when we're being broken, but I was thinking about just different places in Scripture where breaking has happened. I thought of the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. I don't know if you know that miracle. It's one of Jesus' greatest miracles, pretty well known. And in the, in the story, the context is this, if you don't know it, Jesus has been preaching and teaching to these people all day, multitudes, 5,000 people, 
disciples come up to him and say, Jesus, we got to break this off. We have to end this thing. These people are too needy. We don't have what we need to give them, what they need. They're too demanding. Send them away. Put an end to it. Jesus says, no, you do something about it. They need something, you give them something. That's love. I say, we don't have enough. We don't have enough. You know what I thought of? That is the headline of every heartbreak. Not enough. Not, not enough. I don't have enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not successful enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not available enough. I can't give them enough. I am not enough. At the headline of every heartbreak is this phrase, not enough. God says, I want you to meet their needs. They say, we don't have enough. So they take these loaves and fishes, which are not enough, and place them in Jesus' hands. Once they place them in Jesus' hands, what does he do? He blesses them. Then he breaks them. What a radical perspective shift to view your heartbreak from. That when you're crushed, it's actually a state of increase. That when you're heartbroken, God is actually making you bigger. He's making you better. When you come into his hands, you're not enough. But it's the breaking that made you more than enough. And it sounds counterintuitive, but you need to get this, that it's in the breaking, that it's in the crushing. I, I don't know if this miracle is an illustration for how our lives should look, but I would just tell you this. There was one blessing and lots of breaking. What does that tell you? You're gonna have a lot more moments of breaking in your life. In fact, Ephesians 1.3 says, we have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing. So you're blessed, guess what? You got a breaking coming. You got a breaking. And we think, man, if I, didn't if I wasn't being crushed by all this pressure, didn't have to deal with all this heartbreak, then I could really do something. If I wasn't crushed by the financial pressure, if I wasn't crushed by the family drama, if I wasn't crushed by this heartbreak, but can I tell you that it's in the crushing that God's power is released. The breaking makes us better. Let me share this verse with you. Paul says, not only is that true, but we're very happy in our troubles because we know that trouble makes us stronger. There are some things in your life that can only happen by heartbreak. There are some places that only come to by pain. There are some things you'll go through that are not pleasant, but they are crucial to experience God's power. Scripture says this, that he's near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed. Can I tell you, you are never closer to God than when you're being crushed. Just think of the different examples in Scripture. Think about Moses. Moses was the man. Moses is the guy who wrote the first five books of the Bible. Moses is the guy who is the representation and symbol and epitome of the law. Moses is the man. Talk to God face to face. You want to talk about rejection? We talk about being crushed? We look at a lot of things in his life. I was just thinking how he had a promise from God to deliver his people, went to Pharaoh acting on the promise, and every time he acted on the promise, he was met with rejection. 
And after each rejection, 10 times, Pharaoh refused. Every time, after each rejection, what happened? God displayed his power. Think about Daniel. Daniel lived with incredible integrity, was an example to so many. He says he was distinguished because of his excellent spirit. Serve God not just when it was difficult, but when it was illegal. If anybody is going to walk in the blessing of God, it's going to be Daniel. And yet God didn't keep him from being thrown into the lion's den. Got thrown in anyway. God, what are you doing? But yet it was in that moment, God still delivered him. Think about, think about uh, Joseph. Joseph had bad break after bad break after bad break. Brothers hated him, tried to kill him, threw him in a pit, sold him to slavery. As a slave was falsely accused, thrown into prison. As a prisoner, he served people who promised to help him. They forgot about him, neglected him. At the end of it all, got brought into the moment where he rose to the occasion, rose to prominence, and he was able to say, hey, all that stuff that happened, that was evil. I'm not even saying that was God's will. It says it was evil. It was meant for evil. But God, because he's good, he turned it for good. He used it for good. So people could be saved. So even your pain, when it's in God's hands, serves a purpose. Think about Jesus. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, not my will, but your will. I don't want to do this, but if what you want, I'll do it. Painful, sweating drops of blood, but because he submitted to the cross, we experience salvation. Greatest pain, greatest power. It's interesting because that place where he was praying, the Garden of Gethsemane, literally means olive press. I was there. Went there last year. It's a bunch of olive trees. It's where they produce the olive oil. The only way to get the olive oil is to crush the olive, to crush it. Oil in the Bible always represents God's power. You think what's happening to you is about you. It's not about you. It's about what God is getting ready to release in your life. He's getting ready to release his power in your life. Can I tell you something, friends? This is not popular, but you need to hear it. You need some problems in your life. You need some problems in your life. Your problems will make you pray better. Your problems will make you trust God more. Your problems will help you love better. You'll have more compassion for people who are hurting. Your problems will knock some of the arrogance off you. You need some problems in your life. But it's not about the problem. It's not about the pain. It's not about the heartbreak. It's about what God is producing in your life through it. It's releasing his power in your life. It's working in your life. I gotta wrap this up, but let me give you one more thing. If you're broken in your heart, don't break from the house. What do I mean by that? If you're broken, don't take a break. Don't cut yourself off. Don't remove yourself from this place. 
So I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand. Like, my ex goes here, and I was kind of awkward. Can I tell you? We've got two locations, multiple services. You can find, don't let your ex exclude you from God's house, all right? This is for everyone. That includes you. This is your church too. But what happens so often, we, we get some heartbreak. Something happens. We cut ourselves off. We don't, we don't want to open ourselves up to relationship. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to isolate you. But if you are ever going to mend the pieces, you are going, have, going to have to get connected with others. You don't have to let the hurt of your past mess up the hope of your future. And what I see happen lots of times is people, they don't wanna open themselves up to others because they don't wanna get wounded again. They think they're protecting themselves from getting hurt. But let me put this in perspective. If you are not opening yourself up so that you don't get hurt again, you're not protecting yourself you are living hurt. You're living hurt. God doesn't want you to live hurt. He wants you to be free. He wants you to have healing. That is going to require you to open up yourself to others. It's gonna require you to get in a group. It's gonna require you to be vulnerable. It's gonna require you to get connected to the house of God. Not just, well, y'all just come on Sunday, uh, you know, be part of the worship, or listen to the message, that's good enough for me, that's all I can handle. I don't wanna get connected because I got hurt in my last church. Now you're living hurt. The only way for you to get healing is you gotta get connected to the house. Don't break from the house, get connected to the house. Jump on a team, go through growth track today. Sign up for a group. Take some kind of next step today so that God can put the pieces of your heart together. You can be hurting and still worship. If your heart is broken, you can still serve God. You can still find community and you can let the healing process begin. I wanna share this scripture with you. Isaiah 53, verse four, it's not on the screen, just listen to these words. Talking about Jesus, it says, surely he took our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds were healed. Jesus was crushed so that you don't have to be. He was wounded so that you could be made whole. Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. For more great messages just like these, remember to subscribe. That way you won't miss anything. If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can do so by going to findvelocity.org give and partnering with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you see how God is moving in your life.